0: From the pup tent on Brokeback Mountain, it's the IGN Digi-Guys. And now, two men who wish they knew how to quit each other Wade Major and Mark Kaiser! Wow, that's like a. That's like a seven year old reference already. Can you believe that? Corey, to whom do we owe? That was brought to you by Chevelle Dixon. Thanks to him or her, uh, you know. See, that's funny because, as it happens, Chevelle also provided our uh, our listener listener audio email thing that we're going to name at some point in this show.
1: <laughs> our listener um, audio email thing. Yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna hear that, and we're gonna name it. We are gonna later name on in this show. We'll also, have some uh, some viewer uh, viewer mail. What's wrong with me? Listener that's mail. That's what I said last week. I know. I said viewer
1: mail. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. When we're on television. Which will never happen.
0: Well, you know, we've had a lot of inquiries, uh, actually, about recommending Whitney Houston movies. And uh, I'm still kind of blown away by the tragedy of that. Although I have to say that largely as a result of that, it wound up being an unexpectedly great uh, Grammy broadcast.
1: I, I always have to work at the Grammys. Yeah. I work at a major cable network. Yes. So I never get to actually see the Grammys, although I'm working for them. At, not at them, but I'm yeah, I'm in a related industry. You're in the mix. I'm in the mix. So I never actually see the show. But it's funny because like Whitney Houston...
0: It was a good show. It really was.
1: You know, Whitney Houston, um, it's not like she wouldn't be on anybody's death pool yeah, because she was troubled with drugs and whatnot, thanks that idiot uh, husband yeah. or hers, ex husband. Yeah. But yet, when she died, it wound up being a huge shock.
0: It was, it was. It, was, it was, it was gigantic. I I couldn't believe it. Nobody could, you know. You just you you, you you I think we all kind of. I think I think there there are people that we categorize. Whether when anytime you hear about someone in the music industry or even the film industry who's troubled, there are those who you feel they're just going to go off the cliff, they're, and there's, just, there's no stopping them. Like, if I heard that Lindsay Lohan, you know, OD'd tomorrow, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. But then there are others where you, you somehow you always hold out hope. You feel like they're going to turn it around. They can turn it around. And I think Whitney Houston was one of those where everybody just felt like she's just... She can turn it around. At some point, she'll turn it around. And she didn't. No,
1: she didn't. She I, just because didn't. Because ultimately, she, she was an addict. Yeah. I mean, it looks that it's way. Just so it's so horrible. It's tragic. Ho- so horrible. But look, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a... It, she becomes a surprising one but she becomes just another in a long line of performers who are addicts
0: and and it it is uh, as i have said to many people it's becoming the the longest running bad joke of the last century that you know this happens to celebrities and actors and you know
1: music, artists.
0: recording artists it's just it's it's just unbelievable but anyway
1: i don't know that you get a lot of like bankers no like, in the 80s, you got a lot of these guys. I mean, cocaine was the big drug in the 80s. Yeah. But nowadays, it just seems like something about, the, A, the artistic impulse, B, the, the perils of being famous drive people to these excesses.
0: Yeah. Well, people have asked, you know, recommend some Whitney Houston movies. And the funny thing is she, didn't really, six. she didn't really make any movies. I mean, she, you know, I remember when she briefly showed up on Give Me a Break because I was a huge fan of Give Me a Break back in the 80s. Um, I really was. I remember that's, when that's when terrible. I when I was an usher at the uh, Man's National Theater and Carrie Michelson came in. I think I I just about collapsed. That was just uh, that was, that like made my life at that point. I don't know you. I know, but uh, then of course ninety two she made the Bodyguard, which was an unexpected smash. I don't think anybody really anticipated that. It was kind of schmaltzy and sort of predictable. Really, and,
1: at the end where he lifts her up and yeah, you guys, you know, or, the you've got to be kidding. But and and it, hardly it, hard, it, it, it did spawn her most famous.
0: Song which which was written and previously performed by Dolly Parton. That is and, true. Uh, you know she nailed it, and Dolly Parton always gave her all the credit in the world. But you know Lawrence Kasdan wrote that, and and Mick Jackson directed it, and it's hardly the best film that either of them has done. But, no. You know, I mean, although, Ellie,
1: although but I'll say this: uh, you know, as as gifted as Whitney Houston was, I don't know that she it was her gift was necessarily uh, utilized no. to present the best material. No. I think a lot of her songs were, and this is this is above and beyond her voice because yeah. her voice was magnificent, but, you know, she was a pop singer and she wound up getting a lot of pop songs and some of the pop songs were terrific, but I think on balance, I don't know that she, you know, had the type of re- musical output, quality-wise, like a Diana Ross would have. Yeah. You know, Diana Ross is royalty. Whitney Houston, an amazing voice, very gifted, but I wish that sometimes there was a, a bigger legacy of great songs, I, not just great pop songs or, yeah. or t- chart-topping no, 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 pop songs, but great classic yeah. Diana Ross level, Aretha Franklin level songs. And I, I agree I, with her, which is a shame because again, it was she had such an amazing voice.
0: Well, waiting to exhale was you know her second big film, and I really like waiting to exhale. You know, direct people don't necessarily think of it, but it was directed by Forrest Whitaker. That is true. And uh, I think it's a terrific film. I really do. I think there's a lot of great stuff in that. And uh, she's very good. And at 96, she made The Preacher's Wife, which, of course, was a remake of the old Bing Crosby film, The the Bishop's Wife.
1: And the reason why I was curious is because it was Denzel Washington, who's like my favorite of all time. It was his kind of one of the only, if not the only Sort of lighter, yeah. comedic-y...
0: Where, where he's not killing he, people? He's
1: not killing people. And that's why <laughs> I'm like, if if Denzel can, can nail this, he can do anything. Yeah. But, of course, he's Denzel, so he was fine.
0: And then, of course, you know she made the TV movie uh, Cinderella, and she was a fairy godmother, and that was just an absolutely horrible, horrible film. Um, really a misfire. And then you know we're still waiting to see what Sparkle looks like. She's in the remake of Sparkle.
1: Yeah, it's curious and to see... And that's going to uh, be interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, I've heard they're moving that up. Yeah, well, at least.
0: obviously, that would make sense.
1: The problem is that, you know, unfortunately, in her later years, or at least in the 2000s, the thing that she was known most for was being Bobby Brown, yeah. which was the reality
0: show. Which is sad. Which is very it's sad. It's a horrible way to go. Out. Well, with that, on, on that light note... Well, um, I, well,
1: hang on a second, though. Now, are we being asked to recommend a, one?
0: I'd say Waiting to Exhale, frankly. The Bodyguard is like so obvious You know I'd recommend instead The Bodyguard from Beijing Starring Jet Li Which is the uh, Hong Kong quasi-remake That's a much better film But that doesn't have Whitney Houston in it So I'm, I'm gonna go with Waiting to Exhale
1: I, I don't know what There's <laughs> so little to choose from Is The Bodyguard Waiting to Exhale Preacher's Wife That's all I got to choose from Yeah there you go I'll say The Bodyguard Okay because it's Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. And it's got the song. There you go. And that song will always love you.
0: So, you know, we, we've got a few things just to get out of the way real quick at the top here because this we is... We do
1: nothing real quick here, Wait, Have All you right, not no. noticed that?
0: Uh, it is not only Black History Month, but it is also Valentine's this week. And we have... You know, like freaking the vow, about $40 million.
1: I don't have a Valentine's uh, this year, Wade, so can we please just get this over
0: with? Yeah, we'll get this over with. Well, I'm going to start off uh, with uh, Storybook Treasures has the Valentine's collection featuring one zillion Valentines. This is one of those usual Storybook Treasures releases. It has a lot of cool little animated tidbits on it, and uh, this is cool. One zillion Valentines is uh, is really, really, really actually very sweet and very funny. Um, Very nicely animated. I also quite liked Goggles. Which has a terrific narration by Jeffrey Holder. Does that guy's voice ever get just any cooler?
1: I feel very good about his voice.
0: It's just cool. I feel very good about it's Seven really Up. Cool. Uh, also seven on up. here, he did the Seven Up. I know, I know. It's that great Caribbean voice. Uh, Letter to Amy is also on here. If you're uh, familiar with that, it's really, really sweet. Uh, Wilfred Gordon McDonald Partridge. Say that 50 times fast. Uh, this is really terrific uh, artwork. Really, really beautiful. All of these are just great kids things. Like, I mean, it, they teach your kids great lessons. There's no no farting and no no. None of that juvenile crap in here. This is all, like, good storybook stuff. And then lastly, Will I Have a Friend. Ooh, isn't that sad? Uh, so this is really terrific. It's, uh, you know, great for kids, uh, great for adults, too. Beautifully, beautifully animated. Really nice stuff. That's uh, the Valentine's Collection from Scholastic Storybook Treasures, featuring one zillion Valentines, and uh, I, I give that a big, gigantic thumbs up. And then because we were talking about animated stuff, and I want to get this out of the way, we've got a couple other animated releases here, one from a uh, collaboration between Manga and Anchor Bay. This is kind of a, uh, you know, not classic anime, but it sort of... It's like nouveau anime, and uh, it is called Red Line, and it's pretty intense. Not at all anything to do with Valentine's, but uh, it's kind of the new direction that anime is taking, sort of in the uh, Aeon Flux era, and Aeon Flux isn't anime, it's like quasi-anime, but this is definitely worth checking out. Um, It's uh, sort of like anime Mad Max, to be honest, and... uh, It's about a race. It's about a race. It's like cross between Mad Max and um, Speed Racer. It's like, you know, Next Generation Speed Racer. And then we got this Russian thing called First Squad, The Moment of Truth, which is kind of like Russian anime, which is pretty cool. Russia has its own, uh, you know, history of great animation. And um, this is, you know... This, this,
1: place, this takes place during World War II, the early days of World War II, which I thought was kind of an interesting... Uh, yeah, it
0: is. It's it's, it's cool. It's like, it's like cyberpunk Russian anime, and uh, it's... You know, a lot of Japanese uh, artists were involved in this, but it's, you know, it's like a Japanese-Russian co-production, and it's definitely pretty cool. A lot of great artwork and uh, quite visionary. Speaking of visionary Russians, and both of these are on Blu-ray, by the way, Redline and uh, First Squad, they look fantastic. And a lot of anime, older anime, doesn't look so good on Blu-ray. It's 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 too sharp. It wasn't designed to sort of have the flaws exposed quite that, uh, that uh, exponentially. But these are really pretty sharp. Pretty damn sharp.
1: I like him. I like Redline better.
0: And speaking of uh, Russians, that friggin' Timur Mombatov, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Seriously. I don't
1: know why you don't like that. The, that Abraham Lincoln well, vampire It's, it's funny. God, look,
0: look, 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 I, I didn't. I,
1: I didn't see the trailer, but the idea is funny. I go mean, go come watch on. The trailer. It, it knows it's ridiculous.
0: It's friggin'. Who's gonna pay money? Who's gonna go? Hey, I got twelve bucks to blow. I don't Back know.
1: Fifteen year olds. Well, what's it rated? Is it rated? It can't be rated R. Yeah, it's is rated
0: like... NC seventeen. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, no, no come up with something. Okay. Uh Black History Month a few things real quickly. David E Talbert presents What My Husband Doesn't Know starring Clifton Davis and Nesby Michelle Williams and Brian White. And that would not be the Michelle Williams that you're thinking of. This is a different Michelle Williams. Um not the one who's nominated for uh, for an Oscar. This is the Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. And uh you know what? This is the kind of stuff that just we we hate seeing released on Black History Month because all it is is just it's you know, it's like a it's like a schmaltzy Kind of melodramatic romance with a little bit of sizzle, and it just happens to have black actors, and that doesn't do anybody any good, except you know, kind of continue to marginalize black actors and give them this, this you know, it's like, oh, you can't be in films that have white people, so we're just going to make these, you know, second-rate things for you. Now, this isn't based on a play, and I assume the play was pretty decent, but it just feels like a, it feels like a second-tier film, and I think that's really unfortunate. Uh, anyway, David Talbert wrote and directed it. It's not bad. It just feels like, you know, couldn't we give these people, like, better work? Anyway.
1: Hello, Wade. Yeah. Uh, PBS documentary called The Underground Railroad, the William Still story. Yeah. And I, you know, the Underground Railroad is sort of in, it's never really gotten its due.
0: Well, it was never really underground. It was never a railroad. It's all symbolic.
1: Well, that is true. But the thing is that just as a concept, the idea that, you know, black slaves would try to escape to Canada or to the north, and there was a network of, you know, safe houses yep. and whatnot that they could escape to to get themselves to the north or to Canada. It's just and, fascinating. And Harry Tubman. And Harry Tubman. It's just funny how you... Um, You realize that there have not been a lot of great movies made about the Underground Railroad? No. No really great documentaries about the Underground Railroad? Mm -mm. This one is the William Still story. William Still was a – he was an African-American abolitionist. He was a – in in the Underground Railroad, blacks who um, helped other blacks escape to the various safe houses were called uh, conductors. And so William Still was one of the major conductors. That's great. At the Underground Railroad. And this is a story of his life. It's from PBS. It's really well done. Uh, Still had an amazing life um he uh lived to a ripe old age and into his 80s i believe and uh this is a terrific di- this is not a um ken burns thing this is uh, directed by uh, somebody else but still it's quite well done and you should totally check it out underground railroad totally fascinating totally mis not misunderstood but under understood uh time in our history
0: and of course, uh, here's another one of these things that is that I would normally rip on, but this is a little bit more well intentioned. It's called Mama. I want to sing, starring uh, Ciara, along with Lynn Whitfield and Patty Labelle. Who Patty Labelle just gets more and more lovably obnoxious uh, with age. Um, this is really just a kind of a standard Hollywood backstage, uh, you know, star is born type romance uh, melodrama, whatever. Um, But, you know, Ciara is very, very charming, and uh, it's got a good cast, and, uh, you know, the whole idea of a young gospel singer working her way up, we've seen this kind of thing before a million times, but this one is, um, you know, it's amiable. I uh, I still have some of the same reservations but it's amiable so you know probably worth checking out not really a Black History Month title and then lastly uh, I gotta tell you uh, Lynn Whitfield shows up on a lot of stuff and here she is again in All Things Fall Apart which is out on DVD and Blu-ray along with Ray Liotta who uh, I keep seeing at the market for some reason Mario Van Peebles who doesn't age and uh, 50, 50 Cent 50 Cent terrible,
1: terrible. dreadful <laughs> yeah. it really is you know so, fi- 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 Fifty Cent will not rest until he has starred in every third direct to DVD movie, ever. But he's I not mean, a bad actor. No, I he's think better, he's better. No, he's a bad actor. He's, he's better terrible. than I expected. Huh? Uh, well, this then is... you didn't expect much, but he. But look, at least here he's playing good. He, he plays like this college football player who's ready for the NFL, and he's you know he's of course a lousy student, and he's a womanizer. So there's like two sides to his personality. He's got to straighten it out if he's gonna you know if he's gonna. Make it into the NFL before his life's destroyed, and I just think he's a terrible actor.
0: But remember, you know Mario Van Peebles directed this as well, and Mario has directed a lot of stuff straight to video. Some of it, you know, uh, feature level stuff. Posse, you know, was one of one of his more legit films. Um, Mario's got some chops. You know, he's done some some decent films. He knows how to make movies. He, his dad was a pioneering filmmaker, so uh, you know. Anyway, uh, Fifty Cent basically co-wrote this, and let um, I mean, come on, came up with what the story we're... too. Whatever. I'm just saying, it's on Blu-ray and on DVD. By the way, uh, speaking, speaking of, of football, uh, what what happened? Undefeated.
1: Oh, did you see it? Oh
0: my gosh! How what great a, is that movie? Unbelievable!
1: It's a great doc. That, that that's like to me. That movie is. This is a, a documentary about a high school football team nominated and, for, it, 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 nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, North yeah. North Memphis. And uh, you know when we had gotten the uh, screener for that during our laugh, just
0: kind of ignored it. I
1: I ignored it. I thought who who, who cares? But I was yeah. asked to review it by the magazine I Wade and I write for. And I watched it, and literally, it is probably 80% as good as Hoop
0: Dreams. It's amazing. It's, it's just really a great amazing.
1: movie. I could not believe it. So uh, it's, maybe, it's coming out soon in your area. By the way, can I just say, now, where you don't know this. Don't know what? Uh, uh, Spanish. Um, <laughs> you don't know. Now, I was having dinner with a friend of mine the other night. Oh, oh, by the way, here's where we went for dinner. Before I tell you what I need to tell you, because Black History Month reminded me of this. Um. I went to this restaurant in Westwood, California. Now, Westwood is the town where UCLA is. It's a big college town, but and I used to go there a lot when I was a kid, although I didn't go to UCLA. And they have a new restaurant there called Eight Hundred Degrees. Wait, the restaurant is called Eight Hundred Degrees. It is a pizza joint. Okay. Here is what they do: you stand in line, and uh, you tell you you tell them what type of topping you want uh, on your pizza. What kind of cheese, what kind of protein, right? What kind of doodads and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then they take a big roll of dough. Yes. Raw dough. Yes. They they rolling pin it out. Yeah. They put the the toppings of your choice on it, the cheese Mm -hmm. you want, the protein you want, whatever else you want on it. Then they take this concoction and they put it in an 800 degree oven. So the pizza cooks in less than three minutes. And that is why it is called 800 Degrees. That's pretty cool. Because they build you your pizza, and then they just they just heat the crap out of it <laughs> at 800 degrees for three minutes, and it comes out as a pizza.
0: That's the way it works with pizza. I've been finding that out. I've been making more pizza lately.
1: Not at 800 degrees. No,
0: at more like 500 degrees.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And by the way, can I, can I tell you what it's like? And, and, and the, the UCLA kids love this place. Yeah. Because it's relatively cheap. It's high concept. It looks gourmet. But ultimately, it's at it's it, it's at collegiate prices. And can I tell you what happens when you eat a pizza uh, that was made in 800 degree oven? Yes. Can I tell you what happens? What happens? You have a lousy pizza. Really? Yes. You know why? Why? Because it's 800 degrees for three minutes, yeah. which means the crust is just soggy because the crust never gets
0: crisp. Crisp. Then they're using a, a bad uh, pizza stone. <laughs> That's all it is. It's bad stone.
1: Pizza stone. Anyway, so the point is is that I, I went to the restaurant with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, I was deciding where I should take my late spring vacation. Usually, I'd go to New York, see the mm-hmm. family. And then you know what she says? Mm. Jazz Fest, New Orleans.
0: And, and you're going to New Orleans.
1: And you know what I thought?
0: Mm.
1: I'm going to Jazz Fest. There you go. I've never been to New Orleans, never been to Jazz Fest. I said, a light went on. I'm like, I don't know why, but... I'm going to Jazz Fest. Why not? So I went so here's here's what I did. I went online.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: the night that we talked and I went home to check flights, mm-hmm. that was the day that Bruce Springsteen confirmed to play Jazz Fest.
0: No kidding.
1: The Beach Boys no are reuniting. They reunited on the Grammys.
0: None of them are jazz musicians, by the I way. I know.
1: <laughs> They're reuniting uh, uh, the Beach Boys okay. to play Jazz Fest. All right. Tom Petty playing Jazz Fest. Okay. bunch of great... Obviously, there's dozens and dozens cent. of... Yeah, 50 well, Cent. Imagine? Yes, exactly. He's <laughs> going to reprise his role in uh, that stupid football movie. Um, wow. Point being is that, so I'm going to Jazz Fest. I'm well, very excited. Well, good. I've never been to New Orleans.
0: Looking forward to uh, your reportage.
1: Oh, and oh, uh, you know what? And all you do when you read about Jazz Fest, all you read about even more than the music is the food. I'm sure. All that New Orleans food, crocodile stew and whatnot. I can't
0: wait. So, you know, uh, Johnny Depp uh, had something of a sensation when he played Hunter S. Thompson in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the Terry Gilliam-directed film uh, that I hate with a passion. I I don't have anything against Hunter S. Thompson, per se. I actually love Bill Murray's performance in Where the Buffalo Roam. Um, but, you know, Johnny Depp almost did him It was like Johnny Depp was playing Groucho Marx Playing uh, Hunter S. Thompson And it was a, it just didn't work for me But um, he decided to basically reprise that In The Rum Diary Which is an adaptation of a Thompson novel uh, So he doesn't play Thompson But he plays a the character that Thompson wrote Called Paul Kemp Who basically is Thompson So he's sort of doing the same thing all over again And, uh, gosh, this is a horrible film um, it's out on Blu-ray and on DVD. They sent us the Blu-ray, which has next to nothing by way of special features. It's, even though it's BD Live enabled, it's just got some featurettes on it, and that's it. Just the EPK stuff, because they figured, why even bother? And it's not, even though it's from Sony, who normally does just crazy good uh, transfers, it's, it's not the best-looking Blu-ray you've ever seen. Part of that's because it's not a terribly well-shot film, uh, which is sad. Directed by Bruce Robinson, written by Bruce Robinson... Oscar winner Bruce Robinson, who wrote The Killing Fields, Bruce Robinson. Here's to you, Bruce Robinson. I don't know. I just don't know what what happened there. But anyway, a lot of people are wasted in this film, including uh, Aaron Eckhart and uh, Giovanni Ribisi. They just – they it's just it's just sad. So anyway, um, you know, it, it, except to be Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, this is like Fear and Loathing in Puerto Rico. That's pretty much it. I don't know why he made this. It's like he had all this goodwill from Pirates of the Caribbean. And he was a big star again, and then this thing came out and just tanked and it just took all of his renewed stardom with it
1: well 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 here's the, here's the thing though the, the movie the movie came and went so fast and did so little business that I don't think people will hold this film against him I don't know, but he's uh he's such a fan of Hunter s Thompson that I'm sure that this was a personal project for him. I think the problem sure. he had was that was the director he chose. you know he chose the director for a certain reason that I guess on paper I understand but in the end i don't know if he was really the guy to do it. Yeah. At I least when he did Fear and Loathing he did he 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 hooked up with Terry Gilliam.
0: It's just i, I mean Bruce Robinson is a, is a terrific writer but he's done a lot of you know he's intermittently done crap and uh you know i mean you know when he the fact that he did something like Withnail and I probably made people think well he could do the Rum Diary because it's it's sort of a similar kind of a thing. It's a little irreverent, you know. It's not in the Killing Fields vein, which is what i think he does the best, but you know who knows. Anyway moving on
1: moving on to uh, one of the biggest uh, it's probably the biggest Blu-ray of the week is it oh my
0: gosh this thing is selling gazillions copies by the the bunches
1: this is uh, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 this is um, the um, slow and plotting and endless and sexless and bloodless and uninteresting to me uh First part of the last part, uh, like like the, the Harry Twilight Potter, Sight. like the Harry
0: Potter thing. They're doing the Harry Potter thing. They're dragging it out.
1: Well, you know what? It's funny because like everybody made fun of the Harry Potter for doing that, but I think in the end, people actually were okay with it because narratively, uh, neither episode, the last part one, the last part two, neither felt <laughs> bloated. Nobody felt like it was a money grab. This, to me, the Breaking Dawn up, oh, yeah. that's a money grab. And the funny thing is that Summit is Summit's no summit doesn't exist anymore, they just got sold. Yeah. You know, Summit is now is now uh you know,
0: uh you know uh, they're they're now Lionsgate. Gate. Yeah.
1: So in the end, the money grab—what did it do? Speaking, and, speaking and, of their and, next, their
0: next big franchise, you know, is are the Hunger Games. That's, that is that's true. The next big franchise, uh, allegedly. And have you seen the trailer and the commercial? I have not. I've been catching hell from like all of my close friends and relatives who just love the Hunger Games and they're so looking forward to the movie. I have not read the book or the books, uh, but I'm looking at the trailer and I'm looking at the commercial and I'm thinking oh, that looks like crap. Like Stanley uh, Tucci's—Stanley Tucci's got like a, a, a Victorian wig, dyed blue. I don't get it. But apparently there's some retro. People love history, it. You know I what? I,
1: I, I went out with this girl. She's 35 years old. Okay? She's old enough to know what a, what a real book is. She loves The Hunger Games. Loves The Hunger Games. I know. Games. I know. It. Everybody I know.
0: You know what else is out this week on Blu-ray? By the way,
1: can we just say something? What? The uh, Twilight uh, Breaking Dawn Blu-ray looks great. Yes. There you go. It was
0: great. Uh, you know, The Ides of March is a really unfortunate film. Uh, George Clooney, as a direct is a terrific director. I'm going to say that straight up. I think George Clooney is a terrific director. Um, and when he does stuff with Grant Heslov, his partner, the movies tend to be really good, even if they, I don't know, have hitches in them. You know what I mean? They've, they've done stuff together where you go. Ah. Good effort, doesn't quite work, but at least I admire the effort. I you're,
1: admi- you're probably thinking of the man who stared at goats, right? Uh,
0: uh, uh, that among other things. Um, I'm even thinking of the you know, leather necks or leather heads and all that stuff. So uh, Ides of March, you're thinking, oh, George Clooney, he's a big political guy. You know, his dad was a journalist. He's really into politics. And, you know, he'll really knock this out of the park and winds up being basically a totally predictable and conventional Mm -hmm. political thriller. I mean, it's it is exactly what you would expect it to be. There's no surprise in it. it.
1: It's almost like a new generation doesn't realize that. That Robert Redford starred in the candidate, <laughs>
0: right? Exactly.
1: And they need their own little, little yeah. candidate. But yeah. the thing is that you know it's just you know back when the candidate was released, I don't know yeah. when it was seventy two or something like that. Yeah. It was such a different world that you could really capture people's imaginations. And but that get, was,
0: they, that had more of a comedic edge to it. That had a little bit more mash. There was a dash of mash in it.
1: Which I think that which I think that the kids of that time yeah. would respond to yeah. But again, it, but, uh, but movies, movies were so much part of the cultural conversation that, um, that something like The Candidate could really get a lot of attention. Yeah. And people could really start talking about it. Nowadays, the Ides of March comes, and yes, it's George Clooney, but it's a different world. It's, it's, it's yeah. 157 channels, and you're tweeting and Facebooking. And a movie like this, which maybe could have started a dialogue, never
0: did. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, it's because what's really going on in politics dwarfs what this movie thinks is sensational. Anyway, Clooney plays the candidate, the guy who's going to, you know, try to be the the next president, and of course uh, Ryan Gosling is the uh the idealistic aide whose idealism winds up getting challenged by the ugly realities of politics as if he didn't know what he was getting into. And it's really not that – it's not like, you know, Clooney's the, the Manchurian candidate or anything. I mean it really just comes down to, the, to, it to something. It comes down to
1: sex and power. That's I mean, it. That's it. But you know what? Look, yes, it comes down to sex and power. But in the end, what is poli- – I mean what, what are the things about politics that get filmmakers going? The the, the power yeah. and the corruption that that power – Here's why,
0: here's why despite all that I'm going to recommend this Blu-ray Because it's got a commentary with Clooney and Heslov that is outstanding I can listen to George Clooney uh, talk about anything for hours and hours I mean he is bright, he is smart, he is uh, insightful and it's terrific uh, Better than the movie actually And then you've got a couple of exclusives on the Blu-ray called uh, Developing the Campaign, The Origins of the Ides of March, which is so-so, and a featurette called What Does a Political Consultant Do, which is quite good. So, uh, And you know what? Marissa Tomei is in it, and I just can't, you know, in, in this all-star cast, I could write off anybody, including Paul Giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I, I can't write off uh, Marissa Tomei. Can't do it. Because you like her. I love her.
1: I just think the movie, you know, it's true. You know, when I think about the movie, you know, you, what it's missing is, it's missing that, like, weightiness that sense of gravity that like wow you're seeing you're seeing like a a take on politics that is totally singular Uh, another take that's not so singular is The Rebound The Rebound is Mm -hmm. from 2009 it is getting uh, crapped out by the good people at uh, Fox and it stars um, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Justin Bartha Justin Bartha you know from uh, the Hangover films Catherine Zeta-Jones you know because she's having sex with her own father (laughs) And when I say that, I mean a man old enough to be her father, uh, Michael Douglas. Um, Now, the movie was directed by Bart uh, Freundlich, whatever, how how, how do you pronounce that guy's last name? Freundlich. Freundlich, who is married to Julianne Moore. And this movie's terrible. And um, in the film, uh, Zeta Jones plays a single mom and her new neighbor is a handsome young man played by Justin Bartha. And this thing was made in 2009 and it never got a theatrical that I know of. And it uh, barely got a, DVD, I mean, they, they, they certainly crapped out an okay-looking Blu-ray. The film was certainly not excitingly shot. Um, yeah, so it's just not, it's not great. It's Valentine's Day. If you've seen every Valentine's film out there, sure, go with the rebound, but you'll hate yourself in the morning.
0: You know, uh, when we reviewed The Human Centipede, we were very upfront about the fact that we hadn't seen it, and nor were we going to see it. There are just some places that we draw the line. And um, the Human Centipede two full sequence. I think we draw the line there as well. Yeah, I didn't see that. Not no, interested. Life's not, too short. Not the least bit interested. Uh, refuse to see it. But you know the plot. Uh, they sent us the Blu-ray, and I just I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to even think of it. The whole thing here is that some idiot is inspired by the original film to go and do something exactly the same, just as gruesome. There's a great idea. So he uh, he wants to do a twelve person human centipede this time. And uh, honestly, it just – give me a break. Um, the, the the cover of this thing says 100% medically inaccurate. Like the previous film was 100% medically accurate. This one is 100% medically inaccurate. So what, is that cute? Is it like he, a
1: – Well, because, because it's going to get kids thinking, oh, my God, they, they're no longer constrained by the uh, – by the me- by, medical realities—they uh-huh. can do whatever. They can make it as disgusting as they want.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Tom Six, Bravo. Nice. Ni- nice work. Try. Try. Na- what? What is Tom Six just going to make human centipede movies now forever? Is that their deal?
1: Fine. You know what? Look. It, look. At least if he does that, we know where he is.
0: Yeah. He's Fine. not hurting whatever. children
1: or the elderly. Boo. Boo. I agree. You know what? Life's too short for that crap. I just don't get it.
0: Uh, you know what? I actually really like tiny furniture. I like it too. Uh, Lena Dunham won the uh, our LA Film Critics uh, 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 New Generation Award. That's right. for right. Of course, tiny since furniture that, last she's done year. nothing. You know what? Give her give her a chance. She <laughs> she will. She will. Um, she's incredibly talented. Really sweet. And uh, here's what I love about this film. She shot this film on a uh, Canon 7D, exactly like the one that I have. So I'm thinking, what's my excuse? Um, anyway, it is. Uh, this was made last year. It is now out, believe it or not, from Criterion. And Bravo, Criterion! Yes. I mean, this is this is a terrific pickup for Criterion. I love it when they kind of go off the grid a little bit and grab these little, these cool little indies and say, you know what, this deserves the Criterion stamp of approval. Like Armageddon. Uh, never mind Oh The Rock Never mind Do
1: you, do you remember when Criterion know, did they, they, they had that, that brief muddy grab moment
0: <laughs> That was their that, Well that was their Disney deal Yeah That's because Michael Bay Wanted to sort of You know Anoint himself Some kind of a, An action film auteur yeah. And then he realized He didn't really need that You realize that uh, That you studio Transformers way? On Criterion
1: You realize that The studio Greenland Transformers 4 today I know With Michael Bay Scheduled to direct That's fantastic
0: I know That's great I can't wait Yeah totally seriously Abraham Lincoln vampire g- awesome Connor, are you oh kidding come on me?
1: it's awesome oh my god, how gosh. dare you it's funny
0: bloody hell <laughs> stupid anyway, Tiny
1: Furniture is great it's a, very, it's a very you know she, she's by the way she, you know, she works with almost her entire family the actors in the mm-hmm. film are all like her family yeah I think the, the woman who plays her mother is her mother
0: yeah I know it's great
1: and it's great stuff but it's very you know it's very funny it's very affecting it's got a very interesting delicate tone
0: it has it has a it has a sort of it's all, it, like if Woody Allen were a woman is sort of how a lot of people have uh, analyzed it, and I think that's uh, legitimate. Uh, there's a couple of great things on here. There is a, um, uh, an interview that she does with Nora Ephron, which is, in a strange way, very appropriate. And then there's an interview with uh, Paul Schrader, which is completely weird and unexpected. And uh, then there's this thing here called Creative Nonfiction, which was actually Dunham's first film, which I had never heard of and never seen, and it's pretty good. And then uh, four short films that she had done that originally aired on uh, YouTube, which is kind of where she plied her trade, which is you know she's kind of like the first YouTube generation filmmaker, which is fascinating to me. So, bravo, Lena Dunham. Looking forward to your next film, and I'm so thrilled that you were you received the Criterion stamp of approval. And I want to say this: the 7D um, transferred to Blu-ray, looking awfully damn good. Oh yeah. So I'm going to go play with that camera some more. You should. That, I'm I'm loving that camera.
1: There was actually an, an interesting article in American Cinematographer magazine about how. How, um, filmmakers who are embra- embracing digital don't realize that when it comes to archiving their digital, it's going to be very difficult. Like movie, like films are archived on film. Yes. And films do not, at least not anymore. No. They don't just go up in flames. No. Like they used to. No. Whereas if you want to archive your film on digital, you realize that in 15 years, whatever digital format you archived your film on, it will be obsolete. True They won't make any of those anymore Whatever it is They won't make them anymore So people have Filmmakers Especially independent filmmakers Who don't have the money To really think about these things Yep They have to be very careful As to what format they use And how they Very true Archive their films This is for future releases And future generations and Very true Library of Congress If you get so lucky That kind of stuff Yep you, know, you can't just put your film on a hard drive and think that in, a, in 100 years they'll be able to take that hard drive and crank out some prints for you.
0: Because it's possible that a magnetic storm will pass through and degauss all of recorded history.
1: Except the Transformer films. That's a
0: reference actually to uh, The Spirit of 76, one of my favorite all-time cult films. Thank you very
1: much. I thought that was a reference to uh, Escape no. from L.A., no. where at the end Snake Plissken makes uh, nope. all electricity go away. Nope, it's a reference to
0: The uh, Spirit of 76, which uh, Sophia Coppola did the costumes for, by the way. Okay. Um, we're going to go from the ridiculous to the sublime. I'm going to start off with the ridiculous, and uh, we've got four more titles before we jump into some uh, listener mail and all that jazz. Um, you know what? This has to be my favorite title of any movie ever, ever created. I don't care that it's just a stupid, ridiculous movie. Uh, the title alone is Worth a Rental. Nude nuns with big guns. Come on, Mark, give it up. Does it get any better than that? Yeah,
1: so you like that, but you don't like uh, Abraham Lincoln's empire. This, this
0: lens is, uh, no, because that's, that's not ridiculous enough. This is uh, nude nuns with big guns. Give me a break. Uh, this sister is one bad mother. There's one tagline. And then on the other one, she's got a bad habit. Come on. I mean, the, the taglines never end. It's great. It's brilliant. Heck, not really. It's (laughs) a really stupid film. Um, It's it is exactly what it uh, what it purports to be, and uh, it's you know sort of I don't know. It's like I spit on your grave, crossed with Death Wish, crossed with uh, the Mother Teresa story. There you go. How do you how do you top that? This would have been a horrible film in 1968. It's it's a horrible film now. It's a horrible film now. But it's uh, you know with the title like that you got you got to check it out. It's got a few funny moments, it, but otherwise it's a little too self-consciously silly. Oh Wade. Yeah I know.
1: Oh Wade. Now here's the thing Wade. Let me tell you a story. Um, when I vote for my year-end awards at the LA Film Critics, mm-hmm. um, you know the big one is Best Picture. That's the one Everyone wants to know You know No one cares a lot. They, they care less About animation Or actor Or cinematographer Best picture Is the big one Thing is that Every time I vote For best picture uh, It never wins I know And I'll tell you Why it doesn't I win I feel sorry for I, you no, no you know, I'll tell you Why it doesn't win
0: Because
1: hmm. I have A very strange criteria For uh, What I name My best picture Of the year My best picture Of the year Every year Is always the film That I responded to The strongest Emotionally, yes, right. Whether it's just force of filmmaking, force of storytelling, force of whatever it is, it's a film that when it was over, for whatever reason, my jaw dropped. Doesn't matter what it what for what, what the criteria is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's why I like. For instance, I was the only one to give the give my best picture vote to *Children of Men*. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. Yeah, that's why I was the only one to give uh, best picture to uh, 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 *Simple Man*. Whose name I got wrong last week
0: Yeah Yeah
1: But it's a simple man I know Thank you very much Yeah He's um, better be a simple man it would be in big trouble um, And uh, is it a simple man?
0: No What is it? A Serious Man. Oh, A Serious Man. I was waiting for you to catch yourself again, but gosh, you did the same mistake again. God, damn it.
1: <laughs> I gave that my best picture because I just thought that movie was amazing. Anyway, okay. Uh, oh, That's the
0: worst. Yeah, it's was like to be you keep going. You keep going back to Simple Man. It's, it's a simple plan. You're mixing up a simple plan with a serious man and you get a simple man. That's what it is.
1: <laughs> which, by the way, Billy Bob Thornton should have won an Oscar for that. He was nominated. Yeah. Anyway, this year, uh, my best picture was Take Shelter, which is out this week on uh, The Blue and The Ray. I thought this film was absolutely, unbelievably good. Jeff Nichols wrote and directed this film and is such a
0: talent. He is so talented. He is
1: very, very talented. And Michael Shannon is so perfectly cast. And the reason Michael Shannon is perfectly cast is because, and we've talked about this before, is that in the film he plays this uh, Midwestern husband and father living a decent life. Uh, His uh, daughter is uh, deaf and they're hoping to afford an operation to uh, restore her hearing. And the mother, played by Jessica Chastain, is, who
0: plays every Midwestern mother in the, in the last year, and she's very
1: good at it. Um, Michael Shannon's character starts having these visions, apocalyptic, he's, he's apocalyptic dreams, these apocalyptic visions, and, a, and dreams, and dreams, and dreams. There's yeah. a storm approaching, and well,
0: literally and figuratively.
1: Well, you don't know,
0: kind and of. what you Jeff, feel that
1: what Jeff Nichols does, which is so great, is that he keeps you on your edge. He keeps you on edge a couple of ways. One is. You don't know whether he really does—he do, really is seeing something apocalyptic, like something really is coming, mm-hmm. or it's just some sort of manifestation of his anxiety. And on top of that, he doesn't just use that as his high concept, you know, hook, and then that's—he doesn't care about the characters. Oh, he cares about the characters. This family is a real family, and when Michael Shannon totally freaks out and starts building a bomb shelter in his backyard, to. Protect his family from this storm that he thinks is coming uh, there's all sorts of ramifications to the family and uh I think the film is just magnificent it 's got an 's got it the ending blew me away it is just it is all about, it, it is a very modern story of modern anxiety and it 's a great psychological drama and there it, it, there is so much tension and such great filmmaking in it I just loved loved take shelter and uh it's got some Terrific uh, special features, deleted scenes, which I kind of didn't want to watch because I feel like the movie—I feel like the movie is what it is on its, it's own. I kind of didn't want to watch the deleted scenes, but the commentary with Jeff Nichols and Mike Shannon is pretty good. Great. Michael Shannon Great. is not the most talkative guy, but he's very insightful. He's a good actor. Uh, Should have been nominated this year. I don't know why he wasn't. And uh, behind the scenes, so take shelter on Blu-ray, which looks uh, very good considering it's—you know—it's kind of a low-medium budget film. Yeah, uh, cannot recommend it highly enough. Take shelter. You Wait hated it. Wait hated it.
0: I love this movie. It's, I'm, I don't love it as much as you do, but I love it a lot. Uh, Restless was Gus Van Sant's very kind of um, tepid film this last year. It was at Cannes, it was at Toronto. It got decent reviews, but nobody kind of went nuts for it. Everyone kind of expects huge things from Gus Van Sant, and even when he makes a little film, it's an interesting film. Now, as a quirky uh, youth, coming-of-age oddball romance, I don't think this is as good as Submarine. I think Submarine is just amazing. I love Submarine, but it's a little bit in the same vein, and uh, Mia Wasikowska, whose name is not pronounced like Mia Wasikowska But I don't speak Polish Okay people So I don't know how You know it's like Mia Wasikowska Who, who,
1: who was complaining That you're pronouncing oh, wrong? it wrong Everybody it, pronounces it, it Wasikowska Never
0: mind we have, we have some colleagues Who are a little bit anal About pronunciation of. Oh Bob uh, Kohler No Really No actually <laughs> I'll tell you after the show I would probably
1: know who she is But it's Mia like Wasikowska Is not star In four hour documentaries yeah. About Ukrainian anyway, uh, anyway, that, sheep, sheep herding
0: But uh, Mia Wasikowska and uh, this newcomer, Henry Hopper, star in this, and they're lovely. Uh, This is, you know, one of those rare incidents of late that something was produced by Brian Grazer and Ron Howard, and I didn't hate it. And Bryce Dallas Howard also threw herself in there as a producer. I'm not quite sure why. I think maybe she discovered the script or something but uh anyway it's a decent little film it's not uh, gus van sant's best but it's perfectly amiable very nicely shot and uh, a real solid blu-ray probably more of a rental than a buy than anything else but uh you get a few extras on here there's uh, some deleted scenes and a bunch of featurettes and a thing called gus van sant's silent version of restless which is like huh what never mind and before we get on to our uh, listener mail stuff, I want to make mention of Five Star Day, which is uh, out dead. from Breaking Glass. You know, fi- I had to talk about Five Star Day on the radio, and this is such an odd film. Uh, it really is. Did, did you did you watch Five Star Day?
1: I did. It's a dud.
0: It's on uh, Blu-ray and on DVD. It's a it's a pretty it it's a pretty decent Blu-ray uh, for a film that would that was next to nothing to make. But here's the thing that it's about. It's about a guy who sets out to kind of with an existential mission to disprove astrology. And it it consists of finding people who were all born at the same time the same time in exact same place as he, one of whom is Jenna Malone, And it's to demonstrate that even though they should all have the same astrological sign, their lives are all so different that there's no possible way that they could ever even be under the same sign, right? This is part of—this is how his gigantic existential proof is going to take place. And, of course, it winds up, you know, that that there are these human connections, and and it winds up having a very, very poignant direction. But it's so odd, Um, and I don't know if it's odd good or odd bad, but it's— It's odd bad. It's just, it's like, I, I'm still kind of trying to make sense of what the movie was really trying to do. It's, that, well,
1: that's the problem with the movie. It doesn't really have a whole lot of depth. It's it, a very, you know, it has this cute gimmick, which kind of sends you into a romantic comedy direction
0: yeah a little bit but i
1: think it tries to be something a little bit different about you know i don't know what it's
0: about I, but it, I, it's
1: I, not it, it you know what it just uh it, it just can't transcend the gimmick as the i think body. it has
0: aspir i think it has philosophical aspirations that movies aren't terribly good at wrapping their arms around unless they're directed by Terrence malick that is true you know and then unless you have a substantial budget
1: but it does start with that kid uh, cam uh what's his name Gigandet g- or something
0: Gigande. G- 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 Gigonde. Yeah, Cam Gigandet, who's, who's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's got a you know, he's got a real future. I think if he gets the right parts, you know, he's got a good look. He's got a good kind of. He could be like the guy in the vow. Uh, what's his name? Channing, Ta- Channing Tatum. Tatum. He's got that kind of a thing going a little bit. I wasn't
1: really into the Channing Tatum thing. I felt he'd just be another dumb jock, idiot actor. But you know what? Yeah. He, he's he's done two Soderbergh films.
0: I know. So right? I'm hoping
1: he's learning well, to be we'll an see. actor, but working with Soderbergh, and then there might be hope for him.
0: All right, Mark. The time has come. We got a bunch of submissions as to what we should call our audio, our audio mail segment.
1: Yes. We thought long and hard over this one, Wade. Now, we, now don't give people the, uh, the options. Don't may, give people the options? Well, maybe they'll disagree with us. Okay. Well, we, or, we... or you give them, all the, give them all the options and the last one okay. is the one that we have chosen.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let me go here. Uh, Nicholas Gordon set in and uh, thought of uh, Cinema Chat. We weren't. We didn't. We did. We like, we like Nicholas. We didn't go with Cinema Chat. Um, we also got one from Brian Swagel, who suggested a voice of the Digi-People, uh, because we are the Digi-People and you are the Digi-Gods, what he said. Thank you very much for um, that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Carl Gagnon said voiceover, which was cute. That's cute. That's voiceover. And um, Mario Mendez suggested audio tracks, sound off, or digibytes. DigiBytes was interesting. Uh, Lenny Timmons came uh, kind of closer to some of our sentiments. He suggested uh, Sonic Sentiments, The Voice Box, Contributed Commentary, Listening to the Listeners and We Hear You. And then uh, Eric Altieri, longtime listener, said uh, voicemail, audio prayers, talkies. Interesting.
1: All very good, by the way. All very good. But there, there is one amongst equals. Well, let's...
0: Hang on just a second. Let, let's, just, let's just confab on this just for a second. Okay, we, we've con- uh, confabbed enough. Uh, we are going to go with a recommendation from Tav Rainey, who suggested VoxBox.
1: That's it, VoxBox. We like, we like
0: it, VoxBox. It's it's short. It's easy for us to remember and, and pronounce. And and you know we need something that's easy to remember because uh, we're half, stupid. We're we're, really, we're, we're kind of dense, and we're getting older. You know we're uh, we're we're starting. You're getting older. <laughs> we're having memory lapses. We really uh, are. You know, like, like like Simple Man. Oh my goodness. No, it's
1: yeah. even worse than that. You had let me. You had let me a screener. <laughs> you wanted me to give you the screener back because you had gotten the screener from the distributor. Yes. So there's a little bit of responsibility yes. to. You lend it, you're it. you lending it to me, you're trusting me with it, the distributor is trusting you with it, you've now lent it to me, I of course feel a responsibility to not lose it, so I throw it in my car, and I figure there, my car, it will stay mm-hmm. uh, until the next time I see Wade. Yes. Well, last week, you, we were going to meet briefly uh, to give you this yes. DVD, so I go to my car, turn on the ignition. Mm-hmm. I drive out the garage on my way to Century City, where we're going to meet. And I realize that before I really go to Century City, I should make sure I have the DVD because I'm not sure. You know, sometimes, you know, DVDs get lost under the seats or, you know, the the, the carpet in the car or wherever, you know, in the trunk of the car. I I just just pull it out because I know it's in my car because the thing's been in my car for three weeks already. Well, let me tell you something. The DVD, not my car. Not in your car. I yeah. turned my car over.
0: Senile old man.
1: In fact, my Lexus is now just a regular Toyota because <laughs> I pulled out the seats, the carpeting. I went, I, it, I went into a complete and utter tailspin, not only of, uh, of, 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 of early onset Alzheimer's, but of like guilt that I had lost it. And of course, I'm it was, like...
0: It was uh, here the whole time.
1: The whole time. It was, yeah. it was, it, I, it was, it was in my it was in my, my yeah. condo.
0: Well, without further ado, old man, senile old man, uh, here now is this week's edition of Voxbox Hi Mark and Wade, this is Cheval Dixon and I have two questions the first, now that Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is fast approaching do you think that Nicolas Cage can ever make a good movie again because he hasn't made a good movie I think Six kick Kick-Ass and that was a more supporting role is it possible that this year could be his year? And the second question is, what movie are you most excited for? I'm most excited for The Dark Knight Rises, The Spider-Man, Prometheus. What are your thoughts? Thank you. Those are two very good questions. Yes, they are. Thank you, Chevelle. And by the way, uh, for Corey's benefit, Chevelle is a man. Cool name.
1: Uh, anyway, okay, we will tackle each of your questions. Number one, uh, will 2012 be the, be, be the year of a resurgent Nicolas Cage? I think I can say without fear of uh of contradiction or hyperbole that uh, it will not.
0: No, not a chance. It's not over. a chance. It's over. I, I mean, look, the, I, I,
1: Ghost Rider too is not even screening for critics. No, That's how it, bad it
0: is. It, it, Nick is, Nick makes crap these days, and he takes the paychecks. And uh, he needs I, the
1: paycheck. He's he's in he's, huge he's, tax. I trouble. know he's
0: in he's in real he's in real financial mess. Uh, I, the problem with Nick Cage is that he he just cashed in at a certain point, and now he's not taken seriously anymore by anybody. He's not on anyone's A list for for major roles. He's he's on kind of the B list. For stuff like uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice and you know crap like that, and he uh, he, he just he's not you know the, was it the Wicker Man he was in that too? And well, the Wicker
1: Man that was the one that really cemented that his reputation. Just, the last film Cage did that I genuinely was Kit g- no No, uh, yes, well, but, uh, but like, but but like Chevelle
0: said, that was a supporting part. That's true. Yeah. But the
1: last film he top-lined that I truly enjoyed was The Weather Man. Yeah. Which uh, was directed by Gore Verbinski, and I like Gore Verbinski a yeah, lot. I, agree. I, I, I pretty I much almost agree. like, although I, I, ironically, I'm not a fan of the. That was films. the last
0: real, real part. Look, he can he can always. I of, like that film. This won't be his comeback year. I think eventually he'll get a comeback year when the right part just happens his way, kind of like how Tarantino. Gave John Travolta, you know, a second uh, surge at, at, you know, reinventing himself with Pulp Fiction. He could get something like that, but it'll be a while.
1: He, he that's right. He either needs to do a cult thing that makes him cool again, or yep. he needs to embrace his age.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And play the dad in the drama.
0: As for the the, the films that we're looking forward to the most, you know, I, I got to say Prometheus is up there for me. Dark Knight Rises is up there, but those are the obvious ones. Everybody, could, you know, is going to name those. Um, there are some of some potentially interesting foreign films. I don't know if they're going to get released. Um, foreign schmoran. Yeah, um, but otherwise, I don't know. There doesn't you know. I, I'm as curious about the Avengers as anybody else, but I can't say that I'm really excited about it. I don't know. There, there's there's nothing really this year that there aren't any sort of unexpected little films that I'm really just all a buzz about.
1: I have to tell you, I was <clears throat> I was not on the uh, Prometheus bandwagon until I saw that trailer. They, yeah, I agree. Now I'm way on that bandwagon. Yeah, I'm on I that agree. bandwagon big time. I am too. I'm, I'm very much on the um, uh, Dark Knight Rises bandwagon, Spider Man bandwagon. I no, guess gets a B. Not so much. Avengers. Not really the Hobbit. I was not a Hobbit guy. Um, the you know you're hoping the James Bond film is a return to form for James Bond. That'd be nice. Um, Coming out later, later in the year, I am very curious about The Great Gatsby, the Baz Luhrmann film.
0: Not in the least. It's going to really? stink. It's going to stink. You think? Yeah, it's going to be awful.
1: Don't say, Dad. I just know. Why are you literally. so mean?
0: No, I, I mean, there. Are, you know, I'll, I'll wait and see what little... But, or how about
1: this? Here's what? here's what... Okay, I have the movie that you are waiting the most for this year. Tell me. The Dictator. The Sasha Baron Cohen thing.
0: I'm, I am looking forward to it. It's going to be funny, but usually I, I have to wait until the Cannes Film Festival to see what creeps out there. I mean, Cannes usually, and we're, you know, two months away from Cannes now or three months away. That's where, you know, suddenly everything kind of explodes onto the, uh, onto the radar. So okay. that's what I'm really looking forward to.
1: I have another film. Here's what you're looking for. know. Yeah, you
0: tell more.
1: me. Taken 2.
0: Oh, yeah, big time. Are you kidding me? I'd really? love to take. Yeah, Taken's great, Taken's but you're going to do it again?
1: Taken 2, el- okay. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, I Lincoln? Know. You're not looking forward to Lincoln? Neither am I.
0: No, not in the least. Nor am I looking forward to, to Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Awesome.
1: For no, here's stupid. what you, here's what you are looking forward to. No, yeah. You ready? Yeah. World War Z, Brad Pitt. World War Z, Zombie Madness, get yeah, not some. Not so much. Okay, here's, okay, this is it. This is the last movie that you are looking yeah. forward to that uh-huh. you don't even know yet. Okay. Django Unchained, Tarantino, do it.
0: Maybe. Ah. Oh, Maybe. Look at that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, real quickly, a couple of. Uh, Why is
1: Django? Is 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 uh, Django on uh, Blu-ray?
0: What the original yeah. Django films? Is it the the like, well,
1: with the what's his name? The handsome guy. He's still of, handsome to this day.
0: Some of them are. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's a uh, Vanessa Redgrave squeeze? Oh. Huh? Franco Nero. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of them are. Some of them are. But, no, I uh, but mean the original. The original. Django? No, no, I don't think it I is. I don't think it is. No. And on the more conventional listener mail front, um, Peter Kozores, 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 I always mispronounce his name. He says regarding Mark's rant about how retarded the iconic time space and uh, time the iconic time machine and spacecraft from Doctor Who is named the Tardis is actually an acronym for time and relative dimension in space. And one needs to hear a Brit pronounce it as the R sounds somewhat silent. Check out the Wikipedia article for more information. Peter from Toronto. And he says, by the way, Doctor Who celebrates its 50th anniversary next year. I'm 30 and I already feel old. And um, I uh, emailed him back a rather silly little joke that I won't read on the air or on the show. And then uh, also had one from Ben Thompson who says, I watched, I recently watched Kill Bill again. Loved it even more than the first time I saw it. I do think that it would work better as one longer epic with better pa- pacing than the current volumes. I've been holding out on Blue for the whole bloody affair. Uh, But with Tarantino on to his next film, I don't know when that might happen. What are your thoughts on this elusive set? Um, And are you even fans of the movie? I, I, you know, Mark, I forget how we stand on this. I actually love Kill Bill Part 1 and I can't stand Kill Bill Part 2. I think the first one is a great action thing and the second one just is larded out with all that endless dialogue and it bores me stiff.
1: I would still love to see some sort of director's cut.
0: I would, too. I would, too. And some, it's, some big it's, five-hour it's extravaganza. To, it's supposed to be coming, but he's been, you know, between Inglorious Bastards and Django, he's, he's now just completely... He's got other things to worry he's about. He's got way, way other things to worry about. So I, I think we're probably at least a year away. I, who knows? I mean, we'll see. You know, it's anybody's guess. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. So let's go through some uh, some old movies, some classics. Mark, I know you're a big fan of this because you um, <laughs> when we when I pulled all this stuff out, you said to me, "You go, Monsignor." Is that the Christopher Reeves Monsignor? So yes. like
1: 1982. This yeah. is like this is what's what, what, what's this is like a it's like the somewhere in time era. It was
0: it was it was when he was sort of trying to trade off of Superman without repeating Superman and do more serious roles. And uh, he made this movie called Monsignor, which is kind of a schmaltzy quasi romance about a you know a priest. Who used like to be seduces a, well, a nun? Yeah, he was a soldier. He was an American soldier, and then he becomes a priest and goes to Rome. And you know, he winds up uh, seducing Genevieve Bujold, who's going to become a nun. And uh, look, I love Genevieve Bujold. I, I absolutely adore her. I think she's wonderful. Even now that she's kind of reaching her twilight year, she's still beautiful. And uh, Shout Factory went and dug this up and said to Twentieth Century Fox, "Why don't you let us release this? Because you're obviously not doing anything with it." And uh, you know what? Look, it's not a great transfer, but it deserves to be out there. Monsignor is a forgotten film that uh, that it really... I, uh, okay,
1: I have one thing to say to you. Yes. This movie was directed by Frank Perry. Yes. Now, the movie Who's that... a good director. The movie that Perry directed before Monsignor. Yes. One year before. Yes. In 1981. Yes. Mommy Dearest. There you go. That's all you need to know.
0: I know. He but directed he, but, Mommy Dearest. But before Mommy Dearest, he had a decent career going. And uh, the other thing about this is that it's got a great score from John Williams, a very unheralded John Williams score.
1: And, you know, Harold's a friend of mine.
0: Thank you. And then I don't want the show to end without putting a huge plug out there for the, you know, we talked about Wings that finally made it to uh, Blu-ray and DVD. Well, the year after Wings won Best Picture, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front won Best Picture, the first sound film, the first all-sound film to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. That is out now out in a 100th anniversary collector's series, the Universal 100th collector's uh, series, All Quiet on the Western Front, Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy combo. Um, now, this 100th anniversary Universal Collector Series line is uh, it's, its inconsistent. There's a lot of junk that they're releasing, but they're also doing a, a really great job with some of their classics. And this is one of those Blu-ray book deals that... Uh, Warner Brothers kind of pioneered, and boy, they really did a number on this. It is uh, it is absolutely gorgeous. There's uh, an amazing um, bunch of extras on here uh, on restoring classic films, and uh, you know, Universal uh, award winners. And I'll tell you, the Blu-ray transfer of this is just dazzling. It is really, really gorgeous, and the 40-page booklet is not fluff. This really important stuff there. So, um, you know, I would say definitely, definitely get this. This has to have a place on everybody's uh, Blu-ray shelf for sure. All Quiet on the Western Front, the must-get film this week. And the other must-get for uh, big movie fans, classic movie fans, is the original William Wellman, A Star is Born... Um, speaking of Wings Yes, yeah, speaking of uh, of the director of Wings uh, William Wellman went on to do uh, the original Star is Born Starring Janet Gaynor and Frederick March Which actually is a film that uh, the artist references rather extensively The story in The Artist is, is in many respects A kind of a wink and a nod to A Star is Born And this has been remade twice, as we know of, again, with Judy Garland, then with Barbara Streisand in a wretched version of the 1970s. But uh, the original Janet Gaynor version is terrific. It is now out on Blu-ray from Kino. And, oh, my gosh, what a gorgeous Blu-ray this is. What a spectacular Blu-ray this is. That absolutely dazzling cinematography, that beautiful, beautiful black, cinema, black and white cinematography by uh, W. W. Howard Green, is just—it's just tailor-made for uh, the transfer that Kino does here, which is you know the same level of quality that they did for all of the Keaton stuff that they've released to Blu-ray lately. So uh, you just—you gotta love this. Not a lot of extras. Uh, there's a trailer and a wardrobe test and then some stills. But uh, this this was just an unbelievably great piece of cinematography in the late 30s. It just demonstrated how incredibly advanced cinematography had gotten from you know the days when uh, sound came in just in 10 years. It really, really took a leap. And this, uh, this Blu ray finally restores that. Because I think most people have never seen A Star is Born as it's meant to be seen. So, next to seeing a pristine print projected, this is the way you've got to see it. So, that is this fabulous Blu ray of Star is Born from Kino. Also available on DVD, but the Blu ray is the way to go. And uh, with that, Mark, I think we're done. Are we done? Oh, we're done. That's it? Yeah, we're An done. An hour already? An hour already. Mm-hmm. See you next week.
1: And very disappointing way we had no audio questions. nobody sent us an audio question. the no, we guys get, get out of the program. we'd love your audio questions. Gods at digigods.com. record it, send it, we'll play it on the show and we'll even answer it.